You are listening to the Balancing Act podcast with Danny Euro. I'm a licensed mental health counselor based out of Miami, Florida. I use the ideas and principles of acceptance and commitment therapy to help individuals who find themselves struggling in various areas of their lives. Episode 23, We're Apophenics. Hey there, this is the Balancing Act Podcast. I am Danny. That is Julio over there doing whatever he does on that computer, making all this other stuff happen. Uh, My job is easy. I just talk into a microphone. Julio clicks away and makes it sound appealing to the human ear, much like like Mozart on the piano. How's it going, Julio? Doing good, doing good. Uh, For those of you on the other side of this technological digital miracle, I hope this finds you well. Uh, I want to extend a special welcome out to those of you, um, if this is your first time listening in, thank you so much for giving us a listen. Um, I just appreciate the fact that you would devote time to us, time being an unrenewable resource, so that means a lot to us over here. And for those that have continued to listen, thank you for continuing to listen to us. Uh, Your loyalty is highly appreciated. Uh, Please continue to subscribe, tune in, and share. Sharing is caring. Share the love. As always, feel free to email us at thebalancingactpodcast at gmail.com with any suggestions, questions, or ideas. We love when listeners reach out to us. Um, you can also find us on Instagram at thebalancingactmiami. Um, I'm always posting stuff on there. Uh, I am uh, very ritualistic in, in reading, so a lot of times I'm, I'm just uh, I'll send screenshots of stuff that I'm reading that's really just thought-provoking, at least for me. Hoping that, you know, and sharing with you guys, you guys can enjoy and maybe inspire you guys to to get to, um, to go out there and, and read it as well and share. Uh, give us a follow on that Instagram. Um, that would be great. And you can direct messages there as also. A uh, quick recap. Last episode, we discussed the importance of nourishing your mind, body and soul, embracing that universal truth that we are what we eat. Um I've actually been waiting to do this particular episode for a while, but man, the schedule has been pretty um, crazy and tricky, uh, all for good reasons, but still crazy and tricky nonetheless, and I've had to prioritize a few other things, but finally we got we, we got to do it, um, and the title of this episode is actually a derivative of a cartoon that I enjoyed watching while I was younger, uh, much younger, The Animaniacs, I'm not, I'm, I'm, we're kind of dating ourselves with that, right, because that's... Um, I'm not sure how many people out there know what the Animaniacs are, but, uh, it's, it's not Tom and Jerry, although I actually watched Tom and Jerry too when I was younger, but that's, um, but that was more, more like reruns though. There was, it wasn't like I was watching new episodes of Tom and Jerry and that there's people out there really don't know what the hell Tom and Jerry is. Right. Um, speaking of which, uh, I'm just curious, Julio, what are, what actually your three favorite cartoons to watch growing up? Growing up, I watched a cartoon called Caballeros del Zodiaco. I was pretty big on that. Okay. And I did watch Tom and Jerry, and I did watch The Roadrunner. I've always seen oh. reruns. I mean, that stuff is from the 60s. <laughs> right, right. Clearly reruns. Right. Um, but yeah, that, that's what I grew up on. Cool. And then, so, and then the first one, was it the Cowboys of the Zodiac would be the... Yeah, it's a... It's like a, the, the, the translation of it? No, right. it's like Knights of the Zodiac. It was oh. actually, actually, they just recently remade it in, a, in Netflix. Um, but it's, a, it's an old anime from back in like the late 80s, early cool. 80s. Nice. I would say my three would be Smurfs. I was like obsessed with Smurfs. Yeah. 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 Um, Thundercats. 
I yes. was really into Thundercats. Silverhawks. Silverhawks was around the same time. I actually yeah. liked Silver. Um, Silverhawks was pretty cool too. That was like a space version of it, right? Yep. And then Transformers, um, which is kind of cool because of those Smurfs became a movie, a couple of movies, right? And then Transformers, Michael Bay, and a bunch of his. <laughs> his <laughs> but Thundercats hasn't been made into a movie yet. They keep teasing us, you know. You know, yeah, but, I don't think that's ever gonna happen. Um, anyway, so today's episode is called "We Are um, We're Apophenias uh, Rather Than Animaniacs." Uh, apophenia being is actually a, a term that it's the tendency to connect unrelated events, and uh, so we're gonna have a conversation about that on how apophenia and um, being the tendency to connect unrelated uh, events and how we feel that fusion influences our mind to create stories in the absence of information. Questions. Are you the world's worst Sherlock Holmes? Are you a conclusion jumper? Are there themes to the conclusions you tend to jump to? Like, I'm being lied to? I'm missing something? I'm being tricked? This is going to go wrong. They forgot about me. Do you miss key details about situations because you're busy trying to confirm your theories? Sherlock and Lois Lane. I'm a huge Sherlock Holmes fan. In fact, if you haven't already watched it, I highly recommend the BBC series called Sherlock. Uh, stars Benedict Cumberbatch. It, it's a it's like a modernizing of the Sherlock Holmes lore. It's really good. Uh, St- Stephen Moffat, I think, writes it um, from Doctor Who fame. But anyway, I digress. As always, I digress. Uh, one of the things I love about Sherlock Holmes is the ridiculous feats of deductive reasoning. Like every tale has a microphone drop moment where he lists a series of clues. He observes the red clay smear on the side of the shoe, a recent scratch on a watch face, an odd crease on a pressed button-down shirt, the smell of a particular perfume unavailable in that part of London for purchase, and then suddenly adding up all the clues, he comes to this deduction and he's able to unmask the killer. How he did it and the motive period point paragraph and that, that's basically an episode of Sherlock or you know a, a tale written by Sir Arthur Conan Doyle uh, somehow in his own kind of superhuman way Sherlock Holmes fills in the gaps between the clues to complete the story and he gets it right every time while Dr. Watson watches on with an open mouth wonder and then to finalize it as Sherlock is bragging and, and all full of himself he simply explains it away to, to Dr. Watson saying elementary my dear Watson but clearly, it, it, it isn't. It isn't elementary. It's actually a, a significant case of conclusion jumping. It's also fiction, of course. But it's making conclusion jumping a superpower of sorts. How often do I fall into that trap? It's actually kind of tricky being a therapist. Because when working with clients, I need to remind myself to leave my stories in the car. So I don't go into Sherlock Holmes mode and try to fill in the details that are missing from the client's disclosures. And I start creating stories of my own. Um, there's a saying, in the absence of information, the mind creates a story. Sir Arthur Conan Doyle, in his Sherlock Holmes stories, made literary history creating a character that thrived on missing information. Us, on the other hand, 
us mere mortals of actual reality. We fall into the traps when we, when we do the same thing, not having the details, but then our mind creates a story, and our mind does, not, uh, does so normally with recy recycled themes to these stories. Uh, sort of like Spider-Man being rebooted three times by Sony. Our minds go into recycled themes, recycled characters. It, take, it, it looks for patterns that have been used over and over, over again to connect these things. Uh, because we need this to make narrative sense. It's ingrained in us that the pattern exists, that, that we must find the patterns. And so we, we fill in the gaps, and we're pretty lazy about it. Conversely, we create the gaps, right? So sometimes we're, we're filling in the gaps with these recycled patterns, being epiphaniacs. Uh, and then there's other times uh, that we actually create gaps. We create these blind spots. Um, we make ourselves blind to the details that are that are really telling us the story, but we ignore those details because it breaks the pattern that we want. It actually refutes our confirmation bias. We create gaps so our story makes sense rather than the actual story. Uh, an example that comes to mind is Lois Lane uh, uh, from the S Superman um, comic and movies, right? She's an award-winning investigative reporter for the Daily Planet in Metropolis. Lois Lane is the gold standard of, in uncovering the story. She was able to find the missing details to expose criminal masterminds like Lex Luthor. But she had a weakness. What was her kryptonite? A pair of glasses. And as, as astute as, um, as Sherlock was, and Lois Lane wasn't. So, somehow, Superman was able to hide in plain sight as Clark Kent with a pair of glasses. Why was that? It didn't fit her story. Not the story she had in her head for Superman, and definitely not the story she had in her head for Clark Kent. In her apophenia, Clark Kent's glasses were as good as a mask. To see or not to see. So the actual definition of apophenia is the tendency to mistakenly perceive connections uh, and meaning between unrelated things. Right? So uh, there's, a, there's a couple of movies um, out there that come to mind. Uh, they may be scoring pretty obscure. I'm, I'm curious because uh, Julio doesn't even know I'm going to mention these movies yet. I'm wondering if you've even seen these movies, Julio. Um, but uh, in these movies, the, the main character was accused of basically being an apophenic. Uh, they're really, I don't, they're not great movies. I found them enter entertaining, but, but anyway, consider yourself ahead of the game if you find yourself being asked random movie, movie trivia and you can be able to blurt these out. Uh, one of the films was, uh, uh, Julio, have you heard of uh, The Number 23 with Jim Carrey? No. <laughs> You've got that look like, what the hell is that? Yeah. It's sort of, um, it's like a thriller kind of like a if I remember correctly it's kind of supernatural it has to do with dreams but he sees the number 23 like everywhere and then it's kind of like he sees patterns related with the 23 and the other one is with Nicolas Cage uh knowing did you see knowing yes okay so you saw that one all right so they accuse him um well anyway so they're totally different storylines uh one uh you know uh, the number 23 is like a surreal uh, suspense murder mystery and then the uh, knowing by Nicholas Cage, with Nicholas Cage, I should say, is like a, about the end of the world and it has to do with aliens, right? And then uh, he's actually accused of like, he's like trying to make connections between dates and like catastrophes and how that's supposed to predict the end of the world. And then they, they're calling him crazy. He has like a huge board with all these numbers in his, in his house and he's trying to predict what's going to happen. Um, and he's finding, you know, patterns that they accuse him of finding patterns that don't exist. 
um, and being so desperate for something to be true, their confirmation bias, both the Jim Carrey character and the Nicolas Cage character in their respective movies, they go into overdrive and they start looking at how all, all these numbers keep repeating in the, in the movies and it's like a re- recurrent theme in the storyline. Uh, and they start to, you know, trying to, they get into like a se- severe case of like confirmation bias. Um, I mean, and in, in knowing, I'm like, I'm, I'm trying not to mix up the movies because they're both very different. Um, the, in, in knowing there's actually like, a, there's a whole mess of numbers where he's like, actually like, there's like using random news clippings from like historic catastrophes. And he's coordinating with a series of numbers that show up in some like time capsule. But like, People like his f- close friends see him doing this, and like you're, you know, they're basically accusing him of this, like apophenia. In real life, away from Hollywood, in actual the neighborhoods that we live our lives in, we we do this. We are we we, be, we are the Jim Carries in Number Twenty Three, or you know the Nicholas Cages in Knowing. But luckily, we're not, you know, in the middle of a hopefully not in the middle of some kind of murder thriller surreal dream story or trying to predict the the end of the world but we are we have a tendency we uh, we look for numbers for people for reasons for motives for stories that confirm the patterns of life that we are fused to ultimately you know it comes down to this fusion that we have these preconceived judgments and expectations um and, and or we do the converse we do the lowest lane um, you know, us looking for these patterns, filling the stories, the Sherlock Holmes version of this, right? Or the converse of it is us ignoring the numbers, the people, the reasons, the motives, and the stories that contradict the patterns of life that we are fused to, which is like the lowest lane uh, version of this, right? The lowest lane that can't figure out for the life of her that Superman is wearing glasses and he's suddenly Clark Kent. Um, our minds create stories in the absence of information. And uh, we, unfortunately, our minds tend to create stories that already exist, stories we have fused to, a playbook um, that our thinking self refers to religiously, a playbook that our thinking self refuses to stray from. And when there are details missing or inconvenient details present, we become apophenics and we fill in the gaps. We are psychologically inflexible in our apophenia. Inflexible and filling in gaps with fused theories of the world. Inflexible and selectively editing out parts of our reality that directly contradict our fused theories, notions, judgments, and expectations. To be flexible is to accept that we don't have all the information, that, and that's okay. To be flexible is to not ignore inconvenient details. To have an open mind, one diffused from expectations, notions, and judgments. The key is to be aware that it's a tendency of ours to make things into a story. Hell, that's why we read novels. That's why we watch movies. That's why we read comics. That's why we watch TV shows. It's what Joseph Campbell wrote about. We have, we've ingrained in all of us the need for the narrative. It's our operating system to create myths based on archetypes, judgments, expectations, fusions. But that's not being psychologically flexible. That's us falling into the trap. To be flexible is to acknowledge we do not know all the details. We are inflexible in filling in the gaps like everyday Sherlock Holmes, or ignoring details staring us in the face like Lois Lane. To be flexible is to acknowledge that it is not so elementary, and that we are more Dr. Watson than we are Sherlock Holmes. And now for the challenge. As I continue to challenge you to be an active participant in your own life, 
I challenge you to pay attention in the coming days of when you may jump to a conclusion. Maybe it's just a friend who turns down an invitation or a coworker who gives you an odd look randomly that sends your mind reeling or your significant other taking longer than usual to answer a text or when you see a family member's name show up on your caller ID on your phone as it rings. Are you creating a story before having the details? Are you quickly finding a pattern to support the story? Why not diffuse from those thoughts and just take in the incomplete stories you're experiencing in reality and be okay with not knowing all the details? Why not just avoid jumping to conclusions until you know more? Until you know enough? Deny the inner Nicolas Cage that hides in all of us. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you subscribe. I hope you enjoy. I hope you share. Remember to email us with questions and or feedback and send in pictures of you listening to the podcast on your purpose-driven drives, but please be safe. Uh, also, you can send us uh, requests about um, our act and films episodes or our act professional episodes. Uh, for you locals in the Miami area, I am looking to uh, actually do a act group uh, out of my office in the South Miami area. You can email us at the balancing act podcast at gmail.com for more details on that. It's still kind of a work in progress. Uh, it's still trying to get the dates down. It's probably going to be sometime in the fall. Uh, but if you are interested, please reach out, email us at the balancing act podcast at gmail.com or DM us at, uh, on our Instagram, uh, account. Thank you so much to Julio, the Mozart of the podcast, the maestro that makes this reality. Uh, really enjoyed uh, sitting here and, and working on this with you. Uh, this is uh, the, the this is the balancing act. I am Danny. I am thankful, and take care. Play the piano, Julio. <laughs>